You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today we're talking about another Pacers loss. It feels like we're doing that a lot recently, and that's because we have been. Pacers fall to the Hornets, their second loss in a row, third in their last four, uh, fifth in their last seven games. Has not been good since their three-game winning streak ended versus Dallas. This one was tough, although this one looked a lot different than a lot of Pacers losses this season. Talk about why, and then we got to move into a segment segment full of news. Rare mid-December news dump. Kiefer Sykes makes his NBA debut. Jeremy Lamb goes into health and safety protocols. Lloyd Pierce has an inconclusive COVID test and was away from the team. Just a lot that happened in this game. And then third segment here, i got to talk about the Pacers' defense because that has been an under-discussed topic of struggle for them to me, especially in this month of December where they've been really bad on that end. But let's just start with the big news, which is always the games. The games. The Pacers played the Hornets at home. They lose by eight, uh, which kind of tells the story of the game. I don't like to – I like to use the score to jump into what the game kind of was. And the Pacers lost by eight. I think that's fair. It was a tale of two halves kind of game, though. The first half was all Hornets. They scored 71. Pacers scored 57. The Pacers could not get a stop to save their lives in the first half. And – some of it was kind of rough defense. You know, they were letting the Hornets get into the paint a little bit, and the Hornets finished with 27 assists. They did a good job sharing the ball. But Terry Rozier was making some tough, tough shots in the first half, and really he made tough shots completely all night. I thought that was really something that that kind of made this game look worse than it was for the Pacers. But, you know, that was the first half. In the second half, the Pacers cleaned up their defense and were humming a bit on offense. They scored 51 in the second half, which is less than the first half, but still fine. Uh, held the Hornets to just 45, but it didn't matter. You know, they they gave up so much in the first half that they still lost by it. They got it down to four, I believe, was the closest. They got the Hornets lead in that in that second half, but could not come all the way back to win. So if they had just played that better defense in the first half, they would have won. Hey, that sounds a lot like the Bulls game. But this game was different. This is a very unusual Pacers games because the Pacers shot great from three. And if you remember earlier this week, I talked – and great is a stretch – but I talked about how the Pacers have an awesome record if they shoot above league average from three. And they did it tonight, 37.8%, 17 for 45 from deep. They were getting good contributions from most guys who you expect to be good shooters, right? Justin Holiday hit two of his five. Turner hit half of his. Uh, Duarte hit his only attempt. Karis LeVert was four for 12, which is a lot, but hitting a third of his is fine. Brissett was three for five. Martin was three for six. They got good contributions from three. It was their two-point shooting. That cost them in this game. 19 for 41 on twos were the Pacers in this game. That's 46%. Sub 50% on twos is pretty unacceptably bad. And that was something else that happened in the Bulls game was they could not finish around the basket. Sabonis in particular, although he was good on his twos tonight. He was not the culprit in this one. Levert missing his twos. O'Shea Brissett goes two for six on twos. Keelan Martin misses his only two. Turner struggled a bit on his twos. Justin Holiday uh, hit all his, unfortunately. But they had a lot of guys who were not finishing well inside the arc. Keeper Sykes missed two twos as well. That's killer. You can't have that, especially tonight when you miss 10 free throws. So unusual Pacers game in, on offense in that they actually got the threes to fall. Those threes that they worked so hard to get for their poor shooters, they actually made them at a reasonable clip. But they could not at all hit the twos. That was killer for them offensively and this is a weird game for me as an observer because 
Turner and Sabonis both had decent statistical nights. Sabonis had 18 rebounds, 15.7 assists. That looks like a great game. Turner had 14 uh, on 11 shots, hit three threes, uh, had his usual four blocks, right? Play that a Miles Turner game you expect. They both just kind of felt invisible to me. Uh, and, and Karis LeVert talked about after the game that against the Hornets specifically, what's really helped the Pacers is these four-guard lineups, right, where they don't have both bigs on the floor. Just against the Hornets, to be fair. I don't want to make this some big double big lineup takeaway thing, but that's true that that was the case. When they had Craig Brissett and Martin in off the bench with a point guard and a big, it was working pretty well, right? Kiefer Sykes and O'Shea Brissett were in those lineups. They both finished with positive plus minuses, and you know the, those single big lineups were working a little better tonight, but it just felt like the bigs were invisible when they were out there. The Hornets actually did a pretty good job of making their lives Pretty hard in the five-out system. The Pacers could not get it inside, and this is a consequence of not having a point guard. But they can't really make post entries as well, or they can't get the ball to the bigs down low as easily. They can get them the ball in like mid-post position, or you know, kind of threatening positions, but not in deep post position. Keep for Sykes in his debut. We'll talk about him next segment again. Did it a few times, but never enough for it to be a consistent threat. So it just kind of felt like they were there. Big bodies who were kind of there, right? Sabonis taking over half of his... The bigs combined, both of them took over half their shots from deep. And, like, Turner's a good shooter. That's not a bad thing for him. But they are bigs. Like, in general, you have to mix up the inside presence a little bit. 11 of their 20 shots were from deep. And Sabonis cleaned up on the glass, and that's like an unglamorous way to be noticed in a game. And I, you just didn't feel the presence of the bigs in this game. And perhaps I can't sell it very well just by saying I was there and it didn't feel like they put their stamp on the game, but you know, neither of them had a plus plus minus and both of them shot under 50% and neither of them just did anything that made you feel like they were taking over this game or dominating it. And for a team that has two talented centers and usually one of them is able to give them an advantage in some way or shape or form, seeing that not happen in this game was really damning for the Pacers who, Needed this win. They now lose the tiebreaker to the Hornets. They fall again in the standings. They're 14 and 21, which means they're winning 40% of their games on the nose, which is way lower than they expected. Something else that stood out in this game, two things actually. One, the balance. We talked about the balance a lot on the show being a strength for the Pacers. They have a lot of guys who are both, are all similar talented in that 40th to 60th best player in the NBA kind of level. Those guys should all take roughly the same amount of shots when they play. Brogdon's one of those guys. He wasn't playing, but... They play well when they have balance, and Sabonis' shot numbers are skewed because he got fouled a lot. He had 14 free-throw attempts, which is really impressive. So saying he only took nine shots does a terrible job of telling uh, what what the shot attempts were in this game, but Justin Holiday, eight, Turner, 11, Sabonis, nine, Duarte, seven, Levert, 23. And Levert is doing his best to fill in a point guard, six assists again. He's got his passing groove back that he didn't have earlier this season, but he was definitely forcing it on some twos, could not get all the way to the rim, and still tried to force up some uh, and it was pretty gross. He was 4 of 11 on two-pointers in this game. Karis LeVert was. He did a good job getting to the line himself, but there was not, a, not enough balance from a team that usually needs it. That's been something. And then this is where I think this game didn't feel like other Pacers games. And that and that is goes. this kind of goes back to them shooting well from three and still losing points in the paint. Charlotte, 54 Pacers. Somewhere when they've been at 50 or more, they've been looking good because they've been getting those drives and getting their bigs involved. 32 points in the paint that's what my post game questions were mostly directed at what happened there where are the struggles because you know this team has talked about and this was something that last year's team had success with too getting into the paint getting paint touches Nate Bjorken tracked them as a stat last year Rick Carlisle talks about how important they are how much that opens up your offense even if you don't get all the way to the rim although it's better to Getting into the paint opens up shooters. It opens up cutters. It opens up whoever has the ball in the paint can often be open. They usually get close to 50 to 60 points in the paint on their good games. Only 32 tonight 
against the Hornets, who have terrible interior defense. They have the worst defensive rating in the league. It was really brutal from the Pacers, and they've been doing better at that this month, right? I lauded them earlier this month for doing well at it. They're still eighth in the NBA in offensive rating in the month of December. They, they have games where they get to the rim and are threatening. This game was not one of them, and it was really weird to see the Pacers play like that and be totally taken out of the way they play, and that's why this game felt so weird to me. You know, I asked O'Shea Brissett about those paint touches and how much to open up the offense, and part of his answer, he said, we need that. They need that to be good. We need that to be to be the team that they are, right? Karis LeVert didn't talk about it as much, but you know, I'll, I'll use some Karis LeVert quotes later uh, to talk about defense. And then Domas, he talked about it. You know, it, They're kind of figuring out this no point guard, less penetration stuff as they go along. It's a little harder because you know with Brogdon and TJ McConnell, when they're playing, they know option A, but then the play breaks down. They know option B, C, D, E, whatever, really well. And Brogdon and McConnell can sort of beat guys off the dribble. And LeVert can too, but LeVert doesn't know options CDE as well, and maybe not even option B as well. And Kiefer Sykes, you know, he to his credit, the Mad Ants and the Pacers run similar systems. This is his first ever NBA game. He's not going to even know option B that well, and he can't beat anybody off the dribble at this stage of his career, right? So they lose a lot there in terms of getting paint touches as well, and, you know, Levert's been really making up for it, and some other guys are there. But Jeremy Lamb didn't play either, and he's usually a guy who can get those paint touches too. Like, they had nobody who could really shift to the defense in a way that you need to to be – the Pacers in the way that they have been in recent seasons. So this loss, they had a lot of guys out. The Hornets have beaten them twice this year. They're a better team, right? The Pacers are bad. We have to, this has to be accepted amongst people who watch all this, all their games. They're bad. They're 13th in the East for a reason, but it, it just, it's, they always feel so winnable. They still have this positive point differential. Just it's another stumbling block. And when it happens in a different way for once, I think that's the story of this game is they're kind of adjusting to the team they have right now. And Brogdon might be back soon, but it's still, they can't find ways to win, even when some of the stuff that they usually stink at goes pretty well. So a big news day hit the Pacers on this game day. Lots of guys out, guy debuting in the NBA. Lots to talk about from this day and what it could mean for the Pacers. I mean, the Jeremy Lamb news could have roster ramifications going forward. So let's talk about that. But first, let's talk about the good folks over at Truebill, because do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It is a business scam out to get you. Do not let greedy corporations pocket your hard-earned money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it super simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And they have a Truebill concierge who's there for you when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. They have over 2 million users, and they've helped them save over $100 million. Do not fall for a subscription scam. Start canceling today. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Thank you for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen today, and hopefully most days of 2021, which is wrapping up very soon. Why not make your second listen? Lockdown Hornets, who have had a very fun Season watching LaMelo Ball. Pacers lose this game, and that is the biggest news of every day where they play. But a lot happened during this game. We learned pregame that Brogdon's not playing. You know, Rick Carlisle comes out, and usually he fields questions, and someone says, hey, is you know this questionable player, is Malcolm playing? Uh, no. This time, Rick went, went first. He said, no, Malcolm's not playing. And Jeremy Lamb tested positive. He's out. He's in health and safety protocols. That's a big surprise. So no Jeremy Lamb in this game as he's in health and safety protocols. He missed a game last week uh, with his wrist injury. It wasn't like they had no 
plan to replace him or anything, but this is the first, you know, Justin Holiday tested positive really early on this season. That was before COVID really slammed the NBA, right? This time and the new variants, uh, the Omicron variants hitting the NBA right now means it spreads a little easier. So it's possible this could be something that, you know, reaches other Pacers. In fact, Jeremy Lamb practiced on Tuesday, the day before this game. He was there. Uh, so who knows what this will mean for the Pacers right now. Jeremy Lamb is out for, I believe, the NBA's new thing uh, is six days if you're fully asymptomatic. I don't know his vaccination status, but uh, he could be back in as soon as six days, depending on his status and his symptoms. I have no idea what the situation is for him. So if he's the only case, Pacers could be lucky. They've already been very lucky. They were one of only three teams with no one in health and safety protocols as of a few days ago. Now they have one guy in. If this, if it's just him, the way the rules work, and this is why this is big news, if it's just him, the Pacers don't get the luxury of, in this case, or have to in some cases, depending on how you want to look at it, add another player. You have to have two guys out, and then the NBA forces you to add a guy. doesn't count against your cap or anything, but you have to add someone once two guys enter health and safety protocol. So as of right now, Pacers are not, I, I suppose they could add a guy on a 10-day. I don't think they will, but they could add a guy on a 10-day, um, and then if another guy goes into health and safety, they have to add a new guy on a 10-day because they want to get ahead of it so teams aren't just decimated and then start signing guys so they can actually play the games. We'll see if this gets to any other Pacers. Uh, we'll see how this affects their team, and if they have to sign guys, of course, I'll cover all that and the ramifications on how it works for team building if those guys will play. That's been hurting other teams drastically, and the Pacers haven't been able to take advantage against some teams playing guys like that, but that's something to watch for this team. When can Jeremy Lamb come back? Although we'll talk about him next segment and something he hasn't been giving the Pacers and if this is something that's going to affect other Pacers as they trudge on. And if it does, then they'll have to add some guys. And this show will be a lot of, hey, welcome XYZ players to the team and here's how they can help and here's who actually is available for the Pacers. We'll see where this heads for them. But they have been pretty COVID conscious so far this season uh, and have done a good job of avoiding any serious spreads. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully Jeremy Lamb feels well. Speaking of people, we hope feel well. Scott Agnes, Pacers reporter for Fieldhouse Files, has been on the show twice this season alone. Has also entered health and safety protocols, as he called it. You can read all about it on Fieldhouse Files. Scott, hope you're feeling well. If you're listening, if not, everybody go. Hope Scott feels better uh, on Twitter. Fantastic reporter for this team. Other big news from the Pacers in this game. One COVID-related, one not. We'll get the COVID news out of the way. All done. First, Lloyd Pierce uh, had an inconclusive COVID test. He was not on the bench uh, tonight, the Pacers did go zone for a little bit, but always nice to have the defense tactician there. I don't want to say it affected the game. You never know how much coaching can have an impact. Hornets did score 71 points in the first half. It was inconclusive. So if he has two negative PCR tests in the next two days, he could be back for Friday's game. TBD on that. I'm sure we'll get some follow-up information from Rick tomorrow or Friday. The actual news news, the last news news, Kiefer Sykes joins the Pacers. Talked about that on Tuesday's show. They cut Brad Wanamaker and brought him in try to stabilize the backup point guard spot. His NBA debut, Rick said he was doing some good things, and we saw right away something he did that Wanamaker never did, some full-court pressure, uh, which TJ McConnell does do that sometimes. Maybe that's a better substitute for what McConnell brings. We saw some full-court defensive pressure from him. He did miss all of his shots. He was over 4 They were all good looks. No one's going to belittle him for taking the shots he took tonight. Going forward, maybe some nerves. It was his first ever NBA game. This isn't a – he's 27. He turns 28 pretty soon. This wasn't a, this isn't your typical rookie. He did miss all his shots, but still 
put a nice stamp on the game. Uh, two assists, they were pretty huge to get the Pacers some threes that kept the game closer before halftime. Plus two in his minutes, his defense was fine. Like, did well uh, in those 10 minutes. Did did better than Wanamaker did most of his 10-minute stretches. And again, that's kind of all they need right now from backup point guard is Levert. It's not ideal, obviously, but with two other point guards out, then Levert's going to be playing the one and has done a fine job distributing with seven assists a game. Levert's not a natural point guard, clearly in over his head a little bit, but it's fine. You just need your backup to be able to let him rest for 12 minutes a game, maybe 10 minutes a game. And I'm thinking Kiefer's minutes might go up if he plays like this. That'll help Karras not have to play as much and allow him to spread out his effectiveness a bit. But this was already a step in the right direction for them to back up point guard in his debut. Rick crediting his defense. His offense was fine. Got him in. O'Shea Brissett said he didn't mess up at all, uh, which was funny because he was 0 for 4. But uh, O'Shea also brought up that full court pressure in his answer as something that went well for him. O'Shea played with him too, right? So, you know, he, he, he saw it firsthand. There was a few minutes with both Levert and Kiefer Sykes in the game, which I think – it's fine. You know, Levert's better at the two than the one or better when he can be a threat as a cutter a little bit more often than he is in general. But that kind of defeats the purpose of why they did this, where they need someone to get Levert out of the game and rest and be fully ready to play in his minutes. Because when he plays over 10 minutes like Sykes did tonight, you should, in theory, have Levert in the 37s in minutes, not at 39 or 40. So you know, I don't think we'll see that too much, but we did see it in this game. Perhaps it's something like that. Uh, Karras, speaking of, though, when he did play with Kiefer, he noted that Sykes was talking a lot, uh, which is a good floor general trait to have and a good point guard skill to have, obviously, but not something that a guy typically has when he's only been with the team for like a day or two. That is so hopefully something that will help the Spacers bench because they have been really struggling without any creation from Wanamaker. Uh, Sykes was able to get into the paint, set up some shots for open teammates uh, by dribbling into the paint in this game, and that is something they have not gotten from their backup point guard. And then Domas, like... Rick Carlisle and O'Shea Brissett said, yeah, he's bringing defensive energy for us, something we've kind of needed for a while. And, uh, you know, that we, we talked about uh, O'Shea Brissett filling an energy void and with McConnell out, and we've seen McConnell bring defensive energy for this team for years and years. With him out, they've been lacking that. And if Sykes can be the full-court pressure defender guy in his defense, was noticeably fine in this game. For a guy of his size, you're never going to get plus defense, or very rarely. It's very rare. Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry is like the exceptions. If he can give you, like, just – neutral to slightly below neutral defense you'll take that every time and full court pressure and energy are two things he has to do to get close to that good start for him you know if he makes one of those four shots this game looks way better for him and way better for the Pacers obviously and going over four is bad right I'm not going to say he had an awesome game or anything but he did better than Wanamaker was playing for them who got scooped up by the way by the Wizards on a 10-day hardship right after clearing waivers from the Pacers but yeah it looks like Sykes can help a little bit in this time without other point guards and that's big. Like even when Brogdon comes back, he will be the backup one. They'll probably still make Karras do it most of the time, but at least you have the option that doesn't require you to, you know, go to Duarte at the one like they had to do for a stretch or two when Wanamaker was in there. Or think about your two-way guys. Dwayne Washington played ten minutes against the Bulls over the weekend. They found a better option in their system. We'll see if it carries. It was his first game. Obviously, going to be excited and doing all you can. Uh, but it should be something, at least defensive energy and effort, that if he can do, he can help this team. So a lot of new stuff with him playing his first game and playing well. I think that merited at least some talking about uh, with Lamb and protocols and how that could change the Pacers. That, on its own, just means they don't have Jeremy Lamb, which hurts. You know, But Keelan and Martin filled in very well in this game. Um, but if there's another guy out, then that news becomes way more substantial. And Lloyd Pierce, obviously not there tonight. 
We'll see what happens with all that stuff going forward. All stuff to monitor. If there's another guy in protocols or if Lamb comes back with testing, if Lloyd Pierce comes back with testing, if Kiefer continues to do well, all stuff that the Pacers have to monitor because they are at a pretty big inflection point when you're 14 and 21. They now are guaranteed. I heard this in the media room post game. I think we had Hotchkiss from Pacers.com said it. They're now guaranteed a losing record at the halfway point this season, regardless of how the next six game goes, which is pretty jarring to hear for a team with playoff aspirations this season. So, Let's talk about this third segment thing that I have not really said what it is. The Pacers' defense sucks right now. It's been terrible in the month of December. I want to talk about the Pacers' defense, so let's do that. But first, let's talk about the good folks over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And they have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football continues. It's push through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to their new website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you sign up. All you got to do to get it is use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to receive that bonus. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available, bet online where the game starts. The Pacers' defense kind of stinks right now. It's not a secret, right? We've watched this team play for a while, and they've had some really rough defensive games. They just gave up oh, over 100 points to the Hornets, and this has been a theme for them in this month of, of December, right? Let's just run through this month. Opening game of the month, they give up 114 to the Hawks, 113 to the Heat. The next game, 110 to the Wizards. Uh, then they have a good stretch with good defense. And lo and behold, they win twice, giving up 102 to the Knicks and 93 to the Mavs. Uh, and they had good D against the Warriors. They just couldn't score. 114 to the Bucks, 113 to the Pistons. Thank goodness they were able to score enough to win that one. 125 to the Heat, 113 to the Bulls, 106 to the Rockets, even in a win, 116 to the Hornets. You get the idea. They've given up a lot of points this month. Their defense is crumbling, right? And their net rating in December, not truly terrible, right? Minus 1.6 is negative and bad. It's 19th in the NBA, right? That's that's still close to the playoffs. That's in the play-in, at least. 19th is. And their offense is good. Eighth in the eighth in the league in this month. I said that earlier when talking about them driving to the basket. They're, they still have this identity on offense that they try to have. Get into the paint. Make it happen. Spray out the shooters. Hit cutters. Play through the paint. That's what they want to do. Their offense is kind of working this month, although they've had some rougher games without point guards recently. Their defense this month, in the month of December, so from December 1st through December 30th, the Pacers ranked 25th in the NBA in defense at 115.3 defensive rating. The team's worse than them. The Rockets, bad. The Wizards, okay. The Hornets, okay. The Blazers, worse record than the Pacers. And the Hawks, who have been really struggling recently. Not a good group of teams to be with. All basically 500 or worse ball clubs. I mean, the Hornets are and the and the Wizards are maybe slightly above 500, but really, again, not a not a group you're trying to be associated with. The the Hornets just won three in a row to get back over 500. The Wizards are 500. The Hawks are 15 and 19. Obviously, the Pacers' record is bad. The Blazers are 13 and 20, and the Rockets are 10 and 25. That is the group of defensive teams the Pacers are lumped in with this month. And that is a the, the thing about the Pacers' defense being bad is. This is the same basic roster. Take out Vic, sure. Vic was there two years ago, and I understand that. But this is generally the same team. 
that was really good on defense under Nate McMillan and Dan Burke two years ago, right? That's what's so baffling about their continued spike. And by spike, I don't mean spike. Their continued fall in defense. They were sixth at 107.5 two years ago, again, with McMillan and Burke. Last year with Nate Bjorkman, who still had some chaotic defensive stuff going on and crazy schemes. They were still 14th with this group. Like We know that the Pacers and the roster they have I know Levert's in there for Depot, and Levert's definitely a worse defender than Depot. But they lost McDermott, who's not a good defender, and replaced him with Torrey Craig. Keelan Martin's been playing for Jeremy Lamb a little bit, bit recently. He's a better defender than Jeremy Lamb. And we'll get to Lamb in a second. But to be 25th, and it's just for a month, right? It, it's not the whole season. For the whole season, their defense ranks 20th, which is still a slide from past seasons at 109.5. But the, to get to about 15th or above average, they're 0.8 away, right? The gap... In general, this season is not that big. But this month has been horrible. 25th, completely awful. This is something that they've struggled with. Uh, and they need to rectify to get to be back to being the team they want to be, if that's even possible at this point. The trade deadline is sneakily coming up. And in 2022, I'll talk about trade stuff a little bit more. I just want to put it off as long as possible, honestly. Now, there are some obvious reasons this month, right? I think Turner missed was Turner's missed game this month. I, whatever, uh, you know, they, they haven't had Brogdon for a lot of games this month. They haven't had McConnell for any game except for like 0.25 games this month. Okay, Turner's missed game was the the last game of November. They had no Sabonis one game. And say what you want about Sabonis, I think he's still good at defending centers and in general has some defensive utility. Right? They they've been missing guys like crazy who are good defenders this month. That makes it harder to defend, but. Guys, they haven't been missing. Jeremy Lamb's played a lot this month. His defense has been atrocious, right? That's not a secret. We've we've seen him in his three seasons with the Pacers now be one of the worst defenders on the team with McConnell out, with other guys out. Uh, he's had to play much more. He's played every game this month except for against the Bulls with his wrist injury. Uh, so his defense is is pretty rough, right? They, they could use better from him, uh, and they've never gotten it. And they have just some other weaker defenders in general. Like Brad Wanamaker was playing a lot. His defense is weak. Levert's been playing a lot, a lot. His defense is really weak. So their defense has stunk this month. They have to be better at the point of attack. That's where they've been getting killed to me is they, they have a lot of guys who get blown by on the perimeter a lot. And, you know, for a team that likes to get into the paint themselves to spray out the shooters and get open looks, they are giving up those shots a lot by getting beat on the perimeter. Miles masks a lot of those errors, but teams have kind of figured out that if they just shoot their layups really high, they could still get buckets around him because he won't get the rebound or it's easy for their their teammates to swoop in and make it happen. And here's where it really stands out. Opponent field goal percentage, month of December. The Pacers rank last, last in the NBA. Opponents are shooting 49.6% against the Pacers this month. Second worst at the Rockets at 48.7. Almost a full percent better than the Pacers, right? Only three teams are below 48%. Pacers are nearly at 50%. They're doing terrible at making shooters miss. And I'd like to add, there's a little tiny element of luck to this stuff, right? Shooting is – Rick always Rick Carlisle always says this. Shooting is not always something you can control. Some nights you won't have it. Defense is always something you can control. Opponent three-point percentage. Pacers are 28th this month at 38.3%. Again, that goes back down to they're not keeping guys in front. These guys get into the paint, and sometimes they see miles and they kick out, but someone's wide open. Their defensive rotations have been poor – this season for sure. And some of that is, you know, the revolving door of forwards they've had to play and Jeremy Lamb's playing and Karras is playing a bunch. Like there are reasons for it that are roster related, but they have to be better at it, right? This is not something the Pacers typically struggle with is defense. 38.3% threes. Again, a little bit of luck involved there. 
it is what it is. But if you were better at contesting threes, players would not be hitting them everywhere. Terry Rozier hit some crazy shots tonight. Like that kind of stuff just happens sometimes. Sure, but when it happens over a full month, it becomes a pattern. Opponent free throw attempts per game, uh, which is the thing that they can control with fouling. Not so bad, right? They've done a pretty good job keeping guys off the line. In fact, third best in the NBA, except their percentage is near the bottom in 24th, right? So maybe they're fouling the wrong people. But in general, their opponents are just making a lot of shots. They're doing it like the Pacers are doing a decent job of, of they're getting better at turning it over this month for sure. And they're doing a pretty good job on the glass this month, although you wouldn't know it in this Hornets game. But they just cannot keep people in front of them. And some of that's the guys they have on the team. But they had the same team the last two years. So they've had better defensive principles to mitigate these problems before. Better closeouts maybe, better – like Brian Bowen, I know he's a two-way player. But he – when I was talking to him a couple years ago, he always talked about how Dan Burke immediately like told him places to stand off ball that he never thought of or knew to like close down angles or make passes harder and stuff. And it really like helped him click a little bit on defense, right? And the Pacers are always good with Dan Burke as their assistant running the defense. And so that well, that's kind of something that's always stuck with me is like there are guys and systems that even with just gen- general generic stuff can get the most out of players. And something Kara said after this game really stood out with defense. Defense, excuse me, why did I say just say defense? He said, you don't let your man score. It's the first thing you learn in basketball, right? Don't let the guy across from you score. And Karras, not the best defender himself, but like that is the true principles of the game. So if you get beat off the dribble, you have either let your guy score or let the other team get an open shot. And the Pacers just have to be better at that very generic thing. Guy in front of you, keep him in front. Stop blowing by him. Stop funneling them into whatever. Stop icing so bad that you're getting blown by to the rim. Whatever your coverage is for the Pacers, it has not been working this month. And for a team that, again, has – has you know, I don't Kevin Pritchard always talks about the hard hat lunch pail Pacer mentality. I don't even care about what he – like the terminology he uses. He wants them to be that – kind of they work hard and kick your butt and on defense kind of team. And they are not that this month. They've been horrible on defense this month. They really need to rectify it because it, it, it's been, it's for a team that has that had such a good defensive identity for in past seasons to see it completely slip away in two years has been, has been really brutal. And this month without some key point of attack defenders and with, with other not as good point of attack defenders playing more, their defense has just been really rough. They've got to clean it up. They have one more chance in the month of December, to not completely tank their month defensively, although the Bulls have torn them up already this month. So we'll see what happens on Friday. Tomorrow, though, Rhett Bauer is going to join us. We're going to talk about the best moments of 2021 for the Indiana Pacers. Not a banner year for the Pacers, for sure, but on the last day of the year, fun opportunity to look back at the best moments of the year, and we'll, of course, preview the Bulls game coming up, see what the Pacers can do better from their last loss just a few days ago. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you'll come back for that show tomorrow. Hope you had a great week. We'll see you tomorrow for the last show of the week, and we'll talk to you then.